Welcome to the Unpolished MBA. I'm your host, Monique Mills. Many times entrepreneurs are called unpolished because they are scrappy and do things in unconventional ways. Well, I like the name Unpolished MBA so much that I even trademarked it. So on this podcast, we commend those with practical experience because they've proven time and time again that one can be successful in business even if they don't have a formal MBA degree. So on each episode, we discuss topics related to business and entrepreneurship. And I've been told that my guests and I provide insights and inspiration to aspiring and current entrepreneurs alike. So this is the place where you can come and hear real life stories that can help you navigate both challenges and opportunities in business. Now let's jump into the next episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back to join me. And I want to share some tidbits of information in this episode around the topic of fundraising. So it's a discussion that I engaged in on LinkedIn with one of the, I would just say one of the most fabulous venture capitalists that is here in Atlanta. And we were discussing the topic of fundraising and how some founders and entrepreneurs, just overall, how some just want the money and want the investors to move out of their way. One of the narratives that I have seen since being in the startup ecosystem the past 10 years is how many founders have the mindset that, hey, just give me the money and like move out the way. I know what I'm doing. You don't know this industry. So it's kind of disregard for the value that investors bring to the situation. They should be adding more value than just money anyways. That's one of the things that I was so focused on as a founder was that when I had investors who wanted to invest in me, I thought about like, what do, what could they help me with? Because it's nothing worse than having the money, but not having the guidance when you need it. A lot of times when, especially when it's first time founders, you are really so excited about what your business could potentially do. And you have so many great ideas on how you want to execute. But, you know, it's back to that concept that Mike Tyson said about how you have plans until you get punched in the mouth. And that's really what the startup world is, because ultimately you have a great idea. You you may do your customer discovery and all of those things and really think you got to hold on what you're going to do. And you have a great, clear path forward. But the thing is, there's nothing else I can think of that has more uncertainty in it business-wise than startups. So despite having this grand plan And having some insight into what you want to do and, you know, receiving some feedback from some folks in the market from doing customer discovery, there's still so many landmines in that journey that you have no idea, especially as a first-time founder. So I always advise against thinking that you could just get the money and move forward and make and have all of this success without guidance. 
And I don't like to necessarily use the word governance because a lot of times in the in the documents you get from the investors, it's governance documents, you know, on who can make decisions on what. And I think a lot of founders look at that as if like, I don't want to answer to anyone. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing my own thing. And yes and no at the same time. I think a lot of times um, one can get so caught up in, I don't want anyone telling me what to do, that you overlook a lot of the wisdom, experience, and knowledge from those who have more experience than you may have in a, a certain area of your business. It may not even exactly be directly in your industry, but they have experience that can complement or assist. And you don't want to ignore that. And you also don't want to disrespect what they can add to the business along with their money. Like no person wants to feel as if they're just wanted for their money. Don't get me wrong now. Some investors just want to give the money, walk away, hope that it grows uh, and, you know, add no other value. But a lot of investors do this because they have a vested interest in wanting to see you, the entrepreneur, win. And if they can add value to that, that's what they want to do. Now, understand, there has been many stories of just things going wrong. You know, investors not being the best to work with. Um, maybe the entrepreneur themselves isn't the best to work with. Or having boards that, you know, kind of bully or don't allow the entrepreneur to explain their standpoint, their knowledge, or sometimes the board doesn't respect the founder. Um, and a lot of times I see that happen when the founder is underrepresented. Also, when the founder is young and young is relative, right? So if your board or your investors are twice your age, they may not have the same respect. And that happens. All of these isms happen, ageism, racism, sexism. The isms are real. I completely, trust me, I know that they, they exist. Um, when you're going into these relationships with investors, it should be a collaboration and a partnership. You know, I was having this conversation online with an uh, um, investor that I highly respect in Atlanta. And she had mentioned a opportunity that was free for entrepreneurs to come to. Um, and the conversation was around like hiring, ESG, how to measure it, things like that. Another thing that really stood out to me was they were discussing how um, some states are no longer accepting independent contractors as a status of employment. Now, you, do you realize how big of a deal that is to, to know whether or not your state is in that mix? especially if you're a startup, because a lot of startups are using 1099s to help grow their companies. So she mentioned, hey, this information was like a must hear for any like small business or startup. It was a great opportunity for learning. You know, everything doesn't have to be about like flashing lights and music. Um, some of the best opportunities are free and within your, week, your reach if you really want to learn and, and build a successful company. And that's so true. Um, when I saw that, I was like, yes, because I'm in Atlanta and, you know, Atlanta, we're very much inter into entertainment and 
pretty much any event to do with with startups, like a lot of them may be, um, you know, kind of more entertainment and networking than like get out your notepad or, you know, your phone (laughs) and take notes and like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh, Oh, man, I really need to know this and apply this to my business. Like you rarely see those kind of in-person events. So when I saw her post, I'm like, yeah, I wish I had known about that event, by the way. But when I saw her post, I was like, yeah, I tend to attend webinars to get that kind of like focused insight because it's so rare to receive that in in in-person events these days. And, you know, I let her know I appreciated um, her posting about it. So now I'm going to follow that, (laughs) follow that company and see if they have any more events. But she said, you know, the information was was priceless. And so when she hear entrepreneurs saying that, hey, I just want to be funded and left alone, that they're actually missing the point of scaling. And I could not agree more, you guys. I could not agree more because, as, as she says, it's not just the money. You need help with hiring. You know, sometimes there's policies you need to be aware of, of both state and federal levels. And, you know, as I mentioned with the the employment status, that's just one, but it's major. And events like this aren't necessarily well attended. I seen a picture from this one in particular. I think it was less than 20 people there. All right. Let me let me tell you this. It was free food. (laughs) The attorneys gave out fire information and it was all free of charge. (laughs) So so you'd be like, wow, how come that event wasn't as attended? If I was to go to, we have quite a few startup events that are like pitching, um, things like that. They can be really fun and outrageous and loud music and, you know, all this kind of stuff, drinks. That's cool, you know, if that's your thing. But you have to take time to learn and be in environments where that's the focus. And a lot of time it's not going to come with flashing lights and music. And um, if that is pretty much been your experience when you're when you do decide to step out to do business events, if it's focused on that or just networking and not necessarily learning, I promise you, you're missing out on so much. So today alone, I was on three different webinars, very specific on different insights that I needed um, for some things I'm working on right now. This event was great. And she's like, hey, I learned so much at this event. And founders should really take the time to come to these types of things. But the point that really stood out was when she was talking about how founders are like, hey, just give me the money and go away. But you do need help with other things. And I responded like 100% because as a founder, it was never my desire to be funded and left alone. (laughs) Never. That assumes that I know everything I need to know. And the only resource that is needed is money. And that is just not true because that's the assumption that you're making, that there is nothing more you can learn or need to learn from anybody else. There is always so much to learn from others. And in in my case, I'm appreciative of all the time that anyone spends with me. I appreciate all the support that comes from investors and having a good board because I know for a fact that nobody does it all alone. You may not see the full team that's behind someone, 
But I promise you, there are people feeding into them. And it's interesting how a lot of times I'll meet people and they think, wow, you know, you know so many things. I do. I do a lot of reading. I spend a lot of time. Yeah, I do know some things that other people don't know. I totally get it. But trust and believe. I have folks around me that I tap into that feed into me so much. So yes, you have to do the work as well in learning and not just attending the parties. <laughs> but you also have to just know you don't know it all. There are people who know so many things about so much. Like it's just, it's, it, it amazes me how brilliant so many people that I randomly meet are and they're so understated. And that's really one of the main reasons why I created this podcast. And I'm like, hey, you guys need to know how smart Chris Walker is, right? How smart uh, Erica Jefferson is. I can name so many people. But then I also have had folks on like Steve Blank, who's like the godfather in this whole startup world. He is absolutely brilliant, but he's very well known. We know him. We read his books. His books are the basis of a lot of um, MBA programs and technology and entrepreneurship programs. So yes, he's well known, but there's so many understated people that are extremely smart. Dan Sanchez is another one I've had. Like the list goes on and on because we're over 100 episodes. Um, but there have been some people on here that I have relationship with and they feed into me. Like Jane McCracken is one. She she was on the, the Gold series. Um, so many. It's just so many. Kirk Barnes is another. Brilliant people. And the list goes on and on. Go back and listen to those episodes. But I say all that to say, yeah, I know some things. But these people know things I don't know. <laughs> I really need for everyone to realize everyone has value. And if someone is investing money into, you know, a deal that you're working on or a startup that you're working on, you want to ask yourself, what are some other things they can add to this besides the money? Because there's plenty of money out there. But I want the brilliance and the experience and the different way of thinking about things that come from having other people involved. And if you don't see that, you're missing out on so much, so much. And so I caution against that because I know that nobody does it alone. Um, all the successful people I know, they have coaches, they have everything. You wouldn't believe it. Some of them have multiple coaches and they themselves offer coaching to other people. And I say all that to say because just because you are successful or, you know, you do have things together for the most part um, on the outside, everyone still needs help. And so you may just be a few steps ahead of where someone else is, but you may still be helpful to them. And that's why a lot of them offer coaching, because you only need to be a step or two ahead of the next person to be able to help them move forward. Right. So you're talking to people or inviting people into your um, fundraising process for your startup or your acquisition and to ignore uh, or not want the additional network and talent and brilliance that comes with them. I'm just, I don't, I don't understand it. And I think part of it though comes from hearing the horror stories from people who have bad experiences 
with their investors or ones that were, um, you know, may bully them or, or gave direction, um, not from a place of experience, but of control. And that's different, you know, that's definitely different. But when I shared that with, with her on that post, she responded back that as soon as some founders figure that part out, they will be more successful. She also mentioned that she's been a venture capitalist for five years and she is still learning, seeking advice, attending webinars, buying books because she wants to be the best in her field. That's that's learning is critical to success and excellence. And I know a lot of people don't aspire to be excellent. Like they just, you know, they just want what they want. <laughs> it doesn't have to be excellent. Um, but a lot of us come from a place of, I want to know more so that I can have more impact, so I can be more effective. And maybe, just maybe, when I share some of my experience, it'll help someone that's a step or two behind me. And I think we have to really just start respecting each what each other brings to the table. So um, I know it's hard in the moment to to see it that way when or if you've had a bad experience with boards or with investors, but please don't give up because, you know, out here there's a mix of different types of people and some personalities clash and some get along well. <laughs> and um, there's always an opportunity to learn from others. And so with that, I'm hoping that I was able to impart a little bit of wisdom from my experience in this. And hopefully there can be more founders that get funding and more entrepreneurs that get funding because they are able to kind of level set their expectations so that they can find themselves with a term sheet. And that wraps up another episode of Unpolished MBA. I can't thank you enough for joining me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe. And don't just stop there. I'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. You can tell me what you like or suggest something you'd like to hear more about in the future. Your feedback not only supports the show, but it helps shape the content that is most helpful to you and that you care about. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.